WAJR AM and FM. This is the talk of the town. From Morgantown to Clarksburg, if it's happening, we're talking about it. Call the show toll-free at 1-800-765-8255. Now, here are your hosts for the talk of the town, Dave Wilson and Sarah Giosi. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Talk of the town with Dave and Sarah. Hope your day's off to a good start. I think I saw a little sunshine when I walked by the window. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> kind of a downer there, huh? <laughs> uh, we're going to talk to U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. Bottom of the hour, there's been more money. Well, the Senate uh, and co- um, congressional leaders working out a deal on, I think they called this Phase 3.5 of the uh, CARES Act or the COVID stimulus package, however you prefer to refer to it. Um, we're going to talk to her about that. If you have a question for the senator... Text it to us this morning. We will do our best to ask it, uh, depending on how many we get. So if you have a question for Senator Capito, text it at 304-TALK-304, and we will uh, do our best to ask that when she joins us, bottom of the hour, 933. Uh, You're welcome to text about anything else, 304-TALK-304, or you can call us, 800-765-TALK, and we're on the Twitter machine at Dave and Sarah A.M., is our Twitter handle. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Dave. Uh, how goes it on that side of the table this morning? You know, pretty well. Yeah. Well, that good, huh? That good. <laughs> running about. I feel like today is one of those days where I'm running about. I have a tendency to ask people, uh, what's up? Or, you know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. As uh, that, uh, mm-hmm. what do you call that? You know, it's it's a, I'm not really that interested in what's going on. It's just uh, one of those greetings. Sure. But we're just to the nicety. point now. Yeah, nicety. That's but we're to the point now where people look at me and go, yeah, same thing as yesterday, man. I mean, <laughs> yeah. This is what's going on. <laughs> uh, we are starting to see some states around us, and Governor Justice said yesterday that in the very near days ahead, uh, the roadmap will be laid out, or we're going to get more information coming out about the roadmap. Maryland will release its roadmap to recovery tomorrow. Uh, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf is uh, working on that as well. Did he release? I got to go back and check uh, my PA notes. Don't follow them quite as closely. Uh, but we are looking for that plan, and that needs to happen. I think we talked about this last week. We need a light at the end of the tunnel. We don't necessarily need to implement a plan tomorrow or reopen on Friday. I guess that would be tomorrow. I lose track of what day it is. I think people want to plan. I want to plan. If I were a business owner, I don't know if I know any of those in the room, I would like to have a plan, a timeline, or at least know the rules to the game that we have to play here to get this thing restarted. And we're waiting. And I got the impression yesterday, listening to the governor and talking to my circle of friends, Folks are willing to stay the course. They understand the importance of not allowing a second wave to come rolling through, Sarah. But I sense a little frustration because I think people want to see, here's the map. Here's the start line. There's the finish line. Here's how we're going to get there. I think that would go a long way in reassuring people There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Being in this perpetual stay the course and do better is is fine, but people's patience will only go so far. 
So maybe we'll hear something in the near days ahead. Yeah, and, and you know, we have a, a decent outline of what these phases will be as far as what we'll be able to reopen with each phase. However, it is going to be up to the governor to clearly communicate for the small businesses who are trying to plan for these reopenings what that will look like. Just because your business is included in reopening, uh, the language is a little bit vague in regards to, you know, um, you can reopen as long as you have social distancing measures and cleaning protocols in place. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean social distancing measures as in every single restaurant can can reopen, but they can't have more than 10 people in the restaurant at a time? Does it mean that you could have 40 people in the restaurant, but you just have to make sure that the tables are six feet apart? Does it mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there's so many, it's very difficult as a small business owner to plan for what your reopening strategy is, which you want to plan for because you want to do it right. And you want to clean right. And you want to follow the rules. And you want to make sure people are comfortable returning to your space. But if you don't know what the rules are that you're playing, it's very difficult to make those decisions and know how to do it right and implement that plan. And you can speak to this better than I can. Just because you can roll out, okay, phase one. Let's let's use restaurants as yeah. an example. They've been a popular one. We can re- dine in is reopened, but limited to no more than ten people in the restaurant at the time. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm just throwing that out there. Sure. Just yeah, it, we're making this up. Nobody... If if I'm a restaurant owner, I may look at that and go, it's actually cost prohibitive for right? me to open my exactly. dining room right now. Because you have to pay staff and cooks, and it yeah. might be in your best interest to not do that. Knowing that, especially in a restaurant industry, you have usually what a three percent profit rate. Yeah, I think it's is razor the average, thin, right? Um, and so, if you're not able to even you know fill the space that you have available, now you could still be doing your curbside and other things to to supplement that. But it's a game changer. You need to know so that you can plan. And, and also, let's say that you can have a maximum of ten people in the space, and you do feel like that will be worth worth the money. Um, how do you logistically do that? You have to put a plan in place. You have to communicate that plan to your staff. You have to communicate that plan to your customers because now how are you? So what if you're the 11th person? Do you kick them out? Do you have lanes set up? Do you, I mean, you have to have a plan for how you're going to manage that. Wait to get in the restaurant. Remember, you know, we all congregate in that little breezeway and wait for our name to be called. What if you show up with a party of six and there's a party of five already in there? And I know we're we're, we're splitting hairs, but the point is... But we're not because... We need a plan. Yes. That's the point. And we're not splitting hairs because how we reopen these businesses, whatever phase one, phase two, phase whatever it looks like is going to be... It's going to have to be analyzed and every detail of that is going to have to be worked through from the business perspective. So are we going to be so excited to be able to be told, hey, you can open your business tomorrow? Yes. But for how many people without having that information in advance, can you not open tomorrow anyways because you need a week to establish what this is going to look like? Sure. So if we could have those informa- if we could have those details now about what phase one will look like when it comes, that would be so helpful for whenever the, the green light is given, people can actually open right up because they've had a week to plan for it. I, uh, again, I, I'm okay with not tying yourself down to a date because that, that just exactly. sets you up to fit for exactly. failure. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with you know, the governor saying, hey, look, I'm going to need some latitude here because we know how quickly things have changed over the course of the last 40 days. I just want to see a plan. Mm-hmm. And I would go ahead and say, hey, look, we are 
X amount of days away from that implementing. So you know as a business owner, so I know as a consumer, all it right, I've got, I've got yeah. 10 days to plan for this. Expectation management is huge. And, again, you're, you're seeing other states around Maryland. Again, we'll release theirs tomorrow, Pennsylvania, Ohio. Uh, others around us are making those preparations. I would expect, I mean, no, ins- this is not insider information driven. I would expect to see something either today or tomorrow. Um, because, as far as a date for reopening? Uh, not necessarily a date, but if the governor has been for- doing a lot of foreshadowing this week. Yeah. Um, we, you know, you got the sense if you heard him Monday morning, was it Monday? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he talked to Hoppy, okay, the school's decision's coming tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We, we know mm-hmm. these are coming down the line. Um, so, again, that's just based on my own conjecture. Uh, let's run through the headlines. We're going to talk about Morgantown's budget and uh, some of the steps the city has taken in light of uh, reduced revenues because of COVID-19. We'll do that on the other side of the break. But first... Uh, Let's just catch up on the latest uh, headlines concerning the coronavirus response. 963 total cases now reported since March 13th. Uh, Those numbers get updated just about the time we go off the air every day. Uh, Three more deaths were confirmed, 29 now total related to COVID-19. Infection rate, though, went down statewide yesterday, 3.5%. It didn't go down 3.5%. It is down to 3.5%. 565 cases remain active. 462 people are recovering at home. Uh, 103 are in the hospital. 360 are considered by the DHHR to be recovered. Uh, Testing continues at nursing homes. So far, so good. No new outbreaks have been identified. And uh, today's briefing scheduled for a 1 o'clock start time. We will have it for you on WAJR uh, whenever that gets underway. We mentioned Maryland. Grafton Memorial Day Parade has been canceled. First time in more than 150 years they will have uh, will not have the Memorial Day Parade in Grafton. The city of Whitehall has furloughed three employees uh, due to budget strains caused by COVID-19. Also, one non-virus-related note, three firefighters had to be taken to the hospital responding to a blaze in Boothsville overnight. Uh, the firefighters were inside the structure when the roof collapsed. They had to be rescued. They were taken to UHC. Uh, That blaze actually rekindled overnight about 3 o'clock in the morning and was fully involved once again. So a tough night there for firefighters uh, in the Boothsville area. Those are your headlines. You can get more at WAJR.com. What are the steps the city of Morgantown are taking to deal with the drop in revenue right now and expected drop in revenue. We'll talk about that and why I think there are some mixed messages in those actions. 917, Dave and Sarah just getting started. We're talking about your town on WAJR. Senator Capito going to join us bottom of the hour. If you have a question for the senator, feel free to text us at 304-TALK-304, and uh, we will pose the question to Senator Capito, in particular uh, about the SBA loans, the PPE, uh, PPPs. PPP. There's PPP and PPE, and I can't keep up. Uh, the stimulus, have you gotten your stimulus money yet? Uh, so, anyway, we'll uh, we'll pose the question to the senator. We're going to talk to her bottom of the hour. 
Every municipality, every local government, every state government in the country will have to make tough decisions right now. And businesses are trying to figure out how to survive. Employees are trying to do their best to make ends meet. State local governments, they're dealing with the task of providing essential services like fire, rescue, police, garbage pickup, and having to do that with drops in revenue. Morgantown, not unique in the situation, but got to be honest here, Sarah, I'm left shaking my head as city leaders send mixed messages with the decisions that are being made. On one hand, city employees are being asked to take voluntary pay cuts. Employees who are able to retire are being asked to strongly consider it. Department heads being told to slash their spending. Contributions to entities such as Mountain Line and the Metropolitan Planning Organization have been reduced or are just not being made. And it's understandable, given the financial situation. On the other hand, the interim city manager was awarded a raise, one I'm certain she deserves for doing the job, don't get me wrong, but these are unique and uncertain times. Expenditures were also approved to pay moving expenses for an arts director whose main job is to program an amphitheater that's probably not going to be open at least this summer, maybe longer. Tens of thousands of dollars have been approved to hire a search firm to look for a new city manager. Fifteen grand is going to be spent just to bring in a consultant to lead a conversation for a strategic planning session. I would hope one of the seven members of city council would have the ability to lead a conversation about their own town. Worst of all, outgoing city manager Paul Brake signed the contract for that particular consultant without even getting the required approval from city council. Every city is hurting right now. I was reading about steps that are being taken in Wheeling and Charleston and Huntington this morning. But make no mistake, Morgantown was already hurting and feeling the effects of three years of irresponsible spending. Remember, your fire service fee, that's going up. And it was scheduled to go up before the coronavirus pandemic hit. At one point, there was nearly $3 million. It may have even been a little bit over $3 million in the city's contingency fund. When Paul Brake came in, there was at least $2.5 million. I think there was closer to three. And in one year, he spent nearly all of it. How much would that be helping right now? Tough decisions have to be made, no doubt about it. They're not going to be fun. They're going to hurt. That has not been the M.O. of the current city council. Tough decisions, not their forte. Feel-good resolutions, that's more their speed. But these decisions are going to have to be made, and I'm not certain right now. The leadership in the city of Morgantown has the intestinal fortitude to make them. But we'll see. We'll see. 304-TALK-304 is the text line. You really got a question, though. I, I have to question, though, Sarah. You're going to pay somebody $15,000 to come in to lead a conversation. I don't understand the need for that. Secondly, how do you have a strategic planning session when I, even if you have it in June, what are you planning for? All you're going to do is have a big philosophical, philosophical discussion here. Aren't you? That's funny. That's my, so my notes to this was almost exactly that. I, I think that, you know, if you want to, if you have the money and you want to invest in having someone come to help lead the, lead you through a strategic planning session, okay, fine. 
But at a time where we're not, we're just so uncertain about funding of things. We're so uncertain about where money is and where it's going to go and how we can properly use these funds. Uh, having a strategic planning session right now. Now, I do think what you've actually made a joke on me recently about the fact that in the world of buzzwords, you know, social distancing being one of them and. <laughs> For Sarah Giosi, strategic planning is my big buzzword right now because I think you should strategic plan every step of everything. <laughs> um, but I think to your point, so much of it will be a a bigger picture philosophical conversation right now. And I think that's important to have. But I don't think you can actually start there with where we're at currently. I think where you have to start first is taking the pieces of the puzzle we already have, making sense of them, and cleaning it up. Now, if we were in a place where things were clean and we could start to really smartly look to the future, plan for it, figure out what our next steps are going to be to make sure we are on solid ground in two years, that is where you want to be. However, unfortunately, I feel like we have so many pieces of this puzzle that are broken. And before we can start to put the the puzzle together, we have to take the individual pieces and repair them. And so to me, I just, I, I feel almost, and maybe this is the problem. Maybe this is why they're hiring someone. There is so much to look at right now. The biggest question is where do you start? And the biggest question is, how do you disseminate, how do you divvy up the where do you start part amongst the council members and amongst the city administration? And who does lead that discussion? You would think a, a mayor. Um, really, you would think it would be a city manager, but of course now we're in an interim position. And I, there's so much that seems to be needing repair right now. That perhaps that's why they're doing this because they don't know where to start. I don't know. I don't know where I would start, but <laughs> I, you shouldn't be in this mess in the first place, frankly. But now that you are, okay, fine. Let's move forward. And um, I think, oh goodness, I just feel like I don't know let where me, to start, Dave. Well, let me uh, let me see if I can put it in this term. It makes sense in my head. We'll see if it makes sense in yours. Okay. Who knows your business better than you? Nobody. Exactly. If you are on the city council, there should not be a single person who knows your business better than you do. Sure. Unfortunately, I don't think that's the case. You're telling me an outside consultant who has no frame of reference is going to be able to come in and lead a conversation for you? You're the mayor. You've lived here your, most of your adult life or at least a large portion of it, you ought to be able to lead a conversation about these need to be our priorities moving forward. I would think. If that's all this strategic planning session is, yes. Well, if what this else could it be? If it is a consultant coming in to help be an outside point of view, cleaning up and, and piecing together the puzzle pieces. This The last time this consultant came in, oh, that's what you ended up with, with these big, broad philosophical goals that meant nothing. <sighs> We'll Unfortunately, see. this is where we're going to see not just the city of Morgantown. You can look at this from the perspective of every entity and every individual organization and even personal finances and things. You have to start buckling up those bootstraps. This is where it gets nitty gritty and it's hard work and it's going to it's going to be tough, but you can do it. We're going to get down to the nitty gritty. I like that term. 
uh, with uh, Senator, Moore, uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito coming up on the other side of the break. Right now, it is 930. Let's get a news update. Check in with the Metro News Anchor Desk and find out what's happening all across the great state of West Virginia. Join the conversation at 1-800-765-8255. This is the Talk of the Town on WAJR. We'll get to some uh, tweets and texts coming in a little bit later on. Joining us right now on Talk of the Town, U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. Good morning, Senator. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? We're hanging in there. How are you doing? Well, I'm hanging in here, too, (laughs) uh, and getting restless, I think, like everybody else, but still trying to be patient. Yeah, we all want to get back out there. Well, you know, I'm lucky, and Sarah's lucky because she gets to work with me every day, obviously. Uh, But, you know, I I get to come to work every day, and and I'm thankful for that. I know a lot of people just, you know, just just want to go back to work right now, and I don't blame them. Right. I I, I saw one of those things going around the Internet, and it said, well, you said you wished every day was the weekend. Now how do you like it? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, Phase 2. 3.5, 3.5, as it's being called, uh, passed the Senate on Tuesday. Um, can you give us the Cliff Notes version of what this bill, what this Phase 3.5 entails? Right. Yes, certainly. Uh, well, the good news is it uh, it entails a $310 billion infusion of money in the PPP program, which is the Paycheck Protection Program, which is a very uh, popular small business program that uh, has forgivable loans. We, we've seen across our state like 7,600 small businesses receive this before with the first tranche of money. So this is a, um, uh, a larger amount, a large amount going in, and it does have some parameters to kind of lean it towards uh, our community banks a little bit, smaller banks and smaller businesses. So that that's good. Uh, that's great. Uh, it also uh, includes uh, some more money on the disaster loan side, which is uh, also through the Small Business Administration. Also includes another $75 billion for our hospitals. We see a lot of our hospitals really struggling, no elective surgeries, lots of layoffs, and, and, and really their revenues down 50 and 60%. And then also another $25 billion for testing. That, that is split between states and, and federal for testing for antibodies, but also, you know, the test to um, um, decide if you have uh, actively have the coronavirus. We've seen testing has been a, uh, a difficult thing to get it out in the, in the numbers that we, we need to have it out. So this is a full-on press for that. So it, it kind of it builds on the last program, picking a couple of the items that are absolutely essential. We were out of money on the small business thing for over a week because of politics, so we've solved that. I expect the president to sign this today. Whenever it comes to the uh, replenished funding for that, how will this be processed? Will it be based on who had already submitted applications, but the money had run out, and so therefore they were denied? Or what? what is that process? I guess my question being, yeah. Yeah. is that money already going to kind of already be used up? You know, I think, Sarah, that's a good question. Uh, and, and I was speaking with a uh, a uh, lender who's done quite a bit of these, and um, I, I think what you're saying is if you have your application in and you're, the door got shut on you because the money wasn't there, then I think you're going to be on a first-come, first-serve, so your, your application is going to be in there first. But I think what we're also going to see is 
the amounts that people are asking for are lower. So um, uh, because they're now smaller businesses that might not that might not have been teed up before, they might not have the sophistication of you know having accountants and paychecks and all these other kinds of things. So you were at the front of the line, and so I think that I would I wouldn't I don't want to discourage anybody from going in and and making that application because I think there is going to be enough, and if there isn't, there's a great likelihood that we'll put more money into it to make sure that we've covered everybody's bases. You know, I have a question about the EIDL whenever it comes to its relationship to PPP. So (laughs) we'll use all of the uh, letters here. Um, You know, uh, I had received an email that was talking about the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Advance and the fact that that is being based on um, number of employees now. So the advance will provide 1000 per employee. So for small businesses that maybe didn't have a a huge payroll, perhaps how their business model works, um, they don't have a huge payroll. So therefore the PPP wasn't going to be very helpful to them. So they were looking for that advance to help them in regards to the EIDL. Now it being based off of number of employees, uh, it's kind of hard to kind of rationalize why that is, um, if this is potentially an opportunity for people with smaller payrolls to bring in some funding to help the business. Right. Well, the EIDL loan, which is a direct SBA loan, it's a loan and grant program. It was originally um, brought to my attention as you could get uh, the maximum was a $10,000 grant, uh, and then the rest would be a very long-term, very low-interest loan. Uh, and so you're right. When I think when the money started to really flow really quickly and the damages started to really accumulate, I think SBA made a decision to not maximize everybody to the $10,000 grant, but to rein it in on number of employees. Because I've heard the same thing that you, what you're telling me, uh, and absolutely is, is, is what's going on here. And so I think the good news is this program is getting another, um, I think, $50 billion for the loan portion and another $10 billion for the grants. So I think that program might open up a little bit more. I'm, I'm not saying if you have one employee, it's only going to be 1000 maybe it's 2000 I don't know that yet, but I know there is going to be more money in there. And the problem for the sole proprietor, the very small business that only has one or two people working, is a lot of these loans and grants and, and unemployment, for instance, has never been set up for that kind of business model. Uh, they've sort of had to go go it alone on their own. And now, in this emergency, Congress has said you have to include sole proprietors, you have to include sole proprietors or small business in, in unemployment compensation, but it's taken a while for the bureaucracy to catch up to that so that, you know, you have the right parameters for a, a single-person business. And and that's been an issue. There's no, there's no doubt that uh, those folks have been pushed a little bit further down the road. And, uh, and that, to me, is, is really unfortunate because a lot of these, those kinds of folks, say you have a bookkeeper from, our, from his or her house or something like that, if they don't have any business, they don't have any income. I mean, they're, they're really at the end of their rope. They don't have any reserves that they might have in a company, uh, you know, 401k plan or something of that nature. And so it's been difficult, I think, for the sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. 
you know, since, we're going to iron out some of these problems. Sure, sure. Um, and thank you for that answer. Since you did bring up unemployment, on the subject of PPP and unemployment, have you seen that the much-needed benefits and, and additions that have been given with unemployment during this difficult time, have you seen that in some ways for some companies, um, and maybe this is anecdotal, but the unemployment being a disincentive for companies whenever yeah. it came to PPP, because in some cases you can make more being unemployed than working. Yeah, that, that's been an issue, and that, that's definitely occurring in small amounts. And the reason that is is because Congress came in and in the program that we set up, we extended unemployment for four months at, a, at an added benefit of $600 additional per week. And there's absolutely, I've gotten a lot of pushback on this. And I tried to uh, vote on, an, I mean, I voted on an amendment that said you can't make any more on unemployment than you would have with your job. So if people want, if people are, if small businesses are getting the PPP, they have to pay their employers. I mean, employees. They have to pay their employees. Employees don't go to unemployment. It's to try to keep them off unemployment. But uh, there has been uh, companies and others who have, the employees are sort of like, look, I can make more going over here to unemployment than I can with you. Why would I stay with you? That is definitely an issue. But remember, it's just a temporary deal on unemployment and. Uh, you know, when we start to reopen, small businesses need these employees. So it's unfortunate that that is happening. I don't think it's happening in large numbers, but it's definitely a residual effect from uh, putting this together rather quickly and enhancing that uh, unemployment benefit. Let me ask the big elephant in the room question here, and, and this is with the uh the idea of planning and saving, and especially if you are someone who is on unemployment and, and you are getting some of these benefits, knowing how to be fiscally responsible and setting aside some of that money for what the future looks like, should we, as far as, how is this going to be paid for on a federal level? You know, the stimulus money and, and this extra funding that's going into these things, should we be anticipating tax raises in the future or... Should we be saving and putting some of this money aside to help with that for future budgets? What do you? What's the answer to that? Yeah, I mean, I think this is the, probably the most going to be end up being one of the most difficult problems that we have. I don't think anybody debates that that what we're trying to do and what we've been able to achieve is to sort of stabilize where our economy is, but at what cost uh, in terms of um, future debt and future indebtedness. I mean, it's trillions of dollars now. And, and so I think what it means is we've got to come back as a Congress and as a nation and figure out a way to pay for this uh, without, uh, you know, just, you know, busting our system. And I've heard ideas like, you know, let's sell some, some COVID bonds where people could buy and, you know, like we did like in World War II when people bought war bonds to try to afford some of this. We're going to have to... Um, look at our total uh, indebtedness and, and really pay down on it. And that's going to be really difficult. But, you know, we're sort of in the phase now of we still got to keep stabilizing and we haven't reached that hard question. And that is definitely the elephant in the room is a good description. But, um, you know, we're, 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 we're cognizant of it. We're actually, I'm going to have a call here at 11 o'clock and that's going to be the topic of the conversation. So, uh, hopefully we'll have some creative ideas here without having to raise taxes and, and all the other things which would further crush our economics, I think. 
Hey, uh, Senator, i got to squeeze in a break. Can you hang with us for just a minute? Because I want to talk about sure. reopening and uh, the president's economic task force, if you've got an extra minute or two. I do. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. got to squeeze in a break. We're talking to Senator Shelley Moore Capito. We'll continue the conversation next. Listen to the Talk of the Town podcast anytime, anywhere on WAJR.com. We've got Senator Shelley Moore Capito for a couple more minutes here before we have to make way for Hoppy Kerchival coming up. Uh, in the last week, Senator Capito was named to President Trump's Congressional Economic Task Force. What's the mission of the task force, Senator Capito? Well, we're uh, advising the president. It's a bipartisan group of senators uh, to as to what's going on in our different states and, and what our perceptions or what our ideas are in terms of, you know, getting everybody back uh, back to work and, and reopening our economy. Uh, we had a call with the president and vice president last week, uh, and basically most Republicans and Democrats uh, were uh, emphasizing the need for bigger, broader testing to give us the security of reopening, particularly if you're if you're going back to jobs that are, you know, in closer contact with people, uh, and other ideas such as that. Uh, we also talked to him about our hospitals and the need for help there. And, and so it's just really to be, our, to be his eyes and ears in, in different states uh, for the different ideas on how, to, uh, how we think our states are doing and how we think uh, is best to reopen. I think I heard it put best this week, and I can't remember where I heard it now, it's not going to be, you know, lifting restrictions that's going to reopen the economy or any state or governor or the president, for that matter. It's going to be people feeling comfortable to go back out and, and be, quote unquote, normal again. And right. I, I'm not I mean, sure I how think, you achieve that. Well, I, I, well I, I can tell you one way you don't achieve it, and that's to reopen too early. Right. Because if, if in fact, you reopen and then there is a larger spread of the virus, uh, you know, enough to cause concern, then that will shatter people's confidence. And so that's why I think uh, you're, as a governor, you're, you would be better to err on the side of caution as opposed to um, trying to push it too much. Now, you know, I think our governor, he's, he's going to uh, allow hospitals to do elective surgeries on a case-by-case basis. Uh, I'm sure he's, you know, maybe open up some state parks or something like that to let us, you know, get outside and and begin to enjoy kind of dip, dip your toe in it sort of approach rather than, you know, flipping a light switch and go, well, okay, everything's fine. Because like you said, nobody's nobody believes it can occur quite like that. Yeah, I think people are going to have to go out and, and like you said, learn that it's okay to go out and you'll be okay if you go to the store, if you go, uh, you know, biking in the park, whatever it may be. So it's going to be a process, no doubt. It's going to be a process, and I think people will still, I think we're also aware of our um, physical surroundings now and how close people are and touching other people and everything. And I think it's, I don't see us going back to, you know, the uh, handshaking, hugging quite yet. Uh, I, I think that uh, that will probably be much, much slower. But people going out and gathering and staying five or six feet apart, I think people are going to be okay to try and do that. And some people have already, you know, if you're at the grocery store, that's basically what you're doing anyway. 
Senator Shelley Moore Capito, we appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay well, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Will do, and thanks a lot. Anytime. Thank you so Bye-bye. much. U.S. Senator Shelley Moore Capito. We'll take our final break. We'll wrap it up next. You're listening to the Talk of the Town on WAJR. Text into the show, 304-TALK-304. Hey, guys, going to be no normal again until a vaccine is available. It's that simple. I would, well, I don't want to be negative, but I would argue even after that, uh, it'll be whatever our new normal is. I hate that term. Well, I just think it's the reality. I think if you are under the impression that a vaccine will come out and everything will be the way it used to. Oh, I think everything will be the way it used to. It's just going to take a long time to get there. Oh, yeah. Nah. Oh, yeah. Nah. Yeah. People have short memories. They'll they'll go back eventually. Not this year. Maybe not next year. They'll get back. Our communities will look very different. I don't think so. I think that you'll see a lot of businesses decide to not reopen and it will change the landscape of what your community looks like. And I think that you'll see a lot of individuals. Oh, if you're talking have, about thriving downtowns and those sorts of things, no, I'm talking about you're still going to go out. You're going to go to dinner. You'll go to ball games. You'll go to parties. Well, you'll sure. go to barbecues. Oh, yeah. I think those things will happen. Business but will I, evolve. No, that, that's business just is no, totally, uh, that's for a lot of places, totally going to change. But that's the natural course of evolution. We're just seeing everything accelerated 100 times because of this. We just have different definitions of what we're talking about. I guess. We are. Because what I said you'll is still go things back are to not going to go back to exactly the way they were. They're just not. Well, not exactly. But we're talking about two different things. We'll talk about <laughs> it more tomorrow. Anything goes Friday. <laughs> See you then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.